0: and welcome to Screen Cleaning, the show here on BYU Radio that is all about shining a spotlight on all that is good in entertainment. I'm Jeff Simpson.
1: And I'm Cole Wissinger. And today we
0: have a very special edition of Screen Cleaning. It's our special time loop episode. This is about
1: the closest we get to Groundhog Day on the calendar.
0: And so, uh... You know, we're going to talk about the movie Groundhog Day, but. Never heard of it. Really, it's not even Groundhog Day that we're using as the springboard into this conversation that we're going to have today. Um, I actually watched a movie that we'll review here in a couple of weeks that was called, I hope I'm getting the title right, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things.
1: That title has changed every time he's tried to explain it to me, but it's a time loop movie.
0: Based on a book, and it's kind of like a teen romance time loop movie, which will be premiering on Amazon Prime. So, again, we'll talk about that in a couple of of weeks. But it got me thinking, you know, there are a lot of time loop movies out there. And it's interesting, Cole, because every time I see a trailer for or I read a movie or I read a description about one of these new time loop movies, I kind of roll my eyes. And then what happens is something really strange happens. I I, You like it? I like them. Uh I like all of them. And I I don't think I've seen a time loop movie that I haven't enjoyed yet.
1: I want to make it clear that this was Jeff's idea. I love my my favorite thing that happens on this show is when I have this secret passion for for a specific, very specific little subgenre of things, and I just like keep it in my back pocket and wait. And I don't want to push it because it's I don't want it to be all about me. And then Jeff will just, out of the blue, be like, hey, let's talk about Hallmark Christmas movies or let's talk about time loop movies. And I just get to have a whole episode where I talk about these things that I have watched since the day I was born. I love time loop movies.
0: Have you ever had the thought that maybe you and I are in a time loop and that maybe you and I have had this conversation before?
1: It's called Deja Vu. Interesting. I get it every Friday.
0: You know the re- part of the reason I bring that up is because that seems to be a trope in some of these movies where people are, hear about somebody in a time loop and they thought, "Have we had this conversation before? Like, how many times have we done this already?" You know, and that's certainly true of the most classic example of a time loop movie. Yeah, let's, when you say let's time loop, with the
1: conventional ones, the and cream and it of the crop. With... Groundhog Day from
0: 1993. Now, uh, before we dive right in, we do want to mention that we got some help producing today's episode uh, from our newest screen cleaning team member, Avery Otzbach, who is has taken over Mickey Randall's position and has done a bang up job of doing his research and helping us find out just how many time loop movies and TV shows there are. There are more than I thought there were, Cole.
1: I I got to add a couple afterwards. I'm ready for this. Okay, so it starts with Groundhog Day. That's first on the list.
0: Directed by Harold Ramis, you know, who did uh, who wrote Ghostbusters, who wrote Stripes, Caddyshack, all those famous 80s movies that featured Bill Murray as well. And this is a movie that actually, unfortunately, was kind of it kind of represented the rift in their relationship, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. Thankfully, they did reconcile before Harold Ramis passed away. But as I understand it, Harold Ramis wanted it to be more funny. Bill Murray wanted it to be more philosophical. And we got both. And we got both. And really, you had this movie that really – Springboards all these character actors' careers, right? Most notably, Stephen Tobolowsky, who plays Go ahead
1: and Ned do, there's,
0: yep. Ryerson, Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head. Come on, Phil, Case Western, High. I even did the whistling belly button trick.
1: <laughs> Jeff and I have been doing screen cleaning for three, four Groundhog Days now, and I've gotten to hear that three or four Groundhog Days. I'm having deja vu now. It's all, I think we've done this before.
0: Yeah. But, okay, so if you haven't seen Groundhog Day, you're probably in a time loop and you just haven't seen it yet in that time loop.
1: Taking place in scenic Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, I think it's my proximity to that town growing up. I was 20 minutes away. I would go to the Groundhog Day celebration in the morning before, like, we would go there and then be tardy to school afterwards during high school once we got driver's license. (laughs) I mean, we loved it. Groundhog Day is a real thing in central Pennsylvania.
0: Pessimistic. Uh, egotistical and sarcastic meteorologist played by Bill Murray. And he is covering this Groundhog Day festival yet again and is (laughs) not happy about it. And he's going to make everybody else around him just absolutely miserable. And wouldn't you know it? He wakes up. He was supposed to go home that evening but there's this big snowstorm that he predicted would not occur and goes home to his bed and breakfast, wakes up, and believe it or not, it's Groundhog Day again. And I, that, the alarm clock in this movie is so iconic to everybody and so iconic and important to me that I actually went out and I bought one on eBay and is now sitting in my man cave. I can't figure out how to wire it to play Sonny and Share every day at six o'clock, but, uh, I'm not going to give up on that one.
1: I'm not sure if your wife would be the biggest fan of that alarm.
0: Why do you feel like this movie has stood the test of time? I mean, this is this movie is almost 30 years old.
1: That's scary because that means I'm also almost 30 <laughs> years old. But Groundhog Day is the quintessential example of the time loop. We're going to get to talk about a couple examples that predate it, and I want to make that clear that there were like Groundhog Day didn't invent the time loop but it perfected it. It's that perfect oh, yeah. mix of Bill Murray at the height of his powers, being able to just go around and, and bring a little bit more to the table. It's a very accessible film, and it's one that by the time the mid-'90s came around was just on TV over and over and over Sure. You've you
0: you got a likable cast. You've got a great formula and a really good message, too, that, you know, yeah, even though we're not stuck in time loops, A lot of our days kind of just seem exactly the same where you're having the exact same conversations with your coworkers. So it's up to you to go out and make the most of this time loop that we're all pretty much living in.
1: All the tropes that every other example we're going to talk about are here, too. Like, it really is the perfect Mm -hmm. example of a time loop movie. There's others that, like, really key in on specific parts of the time loop, but all of them are present in Groundhog Day.
0: I remember seeing Edge of Tomorrow in 2014 and – Live, die, repeat. Rolling my eyes thinking, oh, boy, it's like Groundhog Day but with an action movie. And yet it was so entertaining. There are movies that are adapted from video games, but then there there come along these movies like uh, Jumanji and here, Edge of Tomorrow, that are so much more entertaining because – They put you in the position where you feel like you are in a video game. And so Tom Cruise gets a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser, he figures out a little bit more every time to where he's able to get to that last that last level, that last baddie, right? Mm And really, again, you've got this this really charming army guy who's really just kind of the poster child. He's just kind of a PR guy that, for some reason, they just decide they're going to go put him on the front lines
1: of battle, and he dies very quickly. It's not my favorite version of Tom Cruise. I prefer the, the, like, Top Gun or Mission Impossible Tom Cruise, where he's cocky, but he, like, knows what he's doing, and he's the expert in his, like, even, like, Days of Thunder, right? He's just the best. Edge of Tomorrow. He just kind of comes in and he he his act like his jokes that he's telling whenever he's standing in front of the army general and they're telling him to go out into the field. He's a PR guy, guy, weird
0: because he's a PR guy. But here's the I genius like action hero. The Tom genius movies. of this movie is that he's playing against type. Yeah, he's got that charming light switch on. But he's usually the action hero, knows what he's doing in his element. And in here, he is way out of his element. And this is
1: his most action-y movie in his filmography.
0: I love it. It's so entertaining. It's funny. And Emily Blunt is incredible in this movie as well. She proves that she is good at action, which you see again later on in movies like A Quiet Place and hopefully someday soon, A Quiet Place too.
1: Every hero in the time loop needs someone to guide them through it, right? Or, or the confidant that they tell and they, like, don't believe for a period of time. Uh, and that's that's a trope that the, the person that they're playing against has to be just as good as the one that's going through the loop or... You could just drag both characters into the loop, which is what Palm Springs, a 2020 release.
0: Now, I haven't seen this, but this apparently was one of the best reviewed movies of the year that came out, the year that we no longer mention on this show.
1: Yeah, I think it was just outside my top five that we did. You can go back and listen to some of our former episodes on Screen Cleaning wherever you get your podcasts, including our... Year between 2019 and 2021 <laughs> recap where we list our top five favorite movies. Palm Springs just outside for
0: me. So now what is different about this movie that it's not just, oh, boy, here's another time loop. Movie. So you watch
1: the trailer and you think it's Samberg that's your Bill Murray, right? He's going yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over and over again explaining to Christine Meliati that this is one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard of.
0: Do they mention Groundhog Day?
1: they because in
0: some of these other movies groundhog day comes up
1: yeah groundhog day i'm not sure if they mention it specifically in this okay. one, but they definitely do another one so <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that one too but the the shtick of this one is that andy sandberg's already halfway through like he's been in this loop for a while and we're thrust in with christine Maliati, and they get to like she gets to fight him for a little bit and the conflict later arises in that he's been in this loop for so long that they've like he's been through things with her even that she doesn't remember because she's just now been introduced to
0: mm, it. Interesting. So you're so adding a second person. And
1: the, yeah, you add the second person okay. into the loop and there's actually a third person in the loop, J.K. Simmons. Very, very fun, wonderful movie.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting to see this next movie on the list because I've, I have guess I've never categorized it as a time loop movie because the main character for him, it's a, sort of a time loop. But usually in these other movies, there's some cosmic powers. The universe is making it so that you can't do anything to get out of this time. In Palm
1: Springs, they walk into a cave of mysteries, right? In Groundhog Day, it's just the universe telling Bill Murray to be better. Right.
0: And in this movie, it's these government, uh, these uh, army people that are telling Jake Gyllenhaal that – Nope, you need to get back on that train that's going to explode because we need you to solve this mystery so that we can uh, figure out where this bomb is going to go off in the next hour.
1: And instead of a whole groundhog day, he only has eight minutes every time. So he has to immediately get in there, cut the chit chat, get through like the the standard and... It's definitely a time loop movie. Jeff Jeff kind of like rebuffed for a second, but as soon it's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. As soon as the person walking by spills coffee on his shoe the first time, and then the second time he stops her and makes sure that the coffee spills elsewhere, you're like, "Oh, that's the time loop. That's the trope that so we're waiting for."
0: Take an Alfred Hitchcock movie and add a time element, time loop element to it, and you've got source code from 2011. Very entertaining. Again. These time loop movies keep coming out and you keep thinking, oh, boy, nothing original. And yet this one has a great twist on it because there actually is somebody that can uh, that can control this time loop. Unfortunately, that person is not Jake Gyllenhaal. And so he has to be the one that keeps the sacrificial lamb, if you will. And there are certainly twists and turns throughout the the movie that make it more than just an ordinary time loop movie. That And, would be and criminal to end, get away here.
1: it definitely. Yeah, it's it's introduces the concepts of like free will and uh, of other like time loop movies can take so many different angles on the kind of philosophical message that they want to take and i enjoy source codes the the different branchings of fate and choice in life
0: now what is this movie the girl who leapt through time i've never even heard of this movie
1: so but have you seen domhnall gleason in about time
0: uh one of my favorite romantic it's more of a dramedy than a comedy, but one of my favorite romantic movies. Sure,
1: similar-ish, where our main character, the girl who loops through time, is a it's it's Japanese. It's an anime. Uh, is the version I've seen. It's a, it's a classic Japanese story that has a couple different adaptations. The most popular, the best, and the one that I've seen is the 2006 anime version. And this girl realizes that she has control over being able to loop time, and so similar to Dom Hall Gleason, where. It's not a strictly speaking time loop where every single day the same thing happens and they don't have control over it. Um, they just purposefully loop things over and over again because they tried to get it right at least once at some point. Sure. The the wrinkle in the girl who lived through time is she realizes at some point that she has a limited number of loops to do, and so it gets to the point where she has to make a decision. Um, you know, and and she sees the the different cosmic consequences of the different decisions that she makes like she she wants to have a better day because it's it's that very classic like she had a bad day and then she wants to make it better by going back and repeating and doing it yeah. better the second time but a better day for her ends up being a worse day for some of her friends or for other people and so it, yeah at the end she has to like make this decision she has one more loop that she can do is she gonna help others is she gonna help herself
0: yeah What I what I appreciate about About time other than the cast is that you have this guy that has this incredible ability to travel through time and relive the same moments over and over again. And yet he's decent. He doesn't abuse it to the level that most people would and you would think would in this situation. His main goal in this movie is to get, well, first, it's to get Margot Robbie to fall in love with him. And when that doesn't pan out, his next goal is to get Rachel McAdams to fall in love with him. And yet there are moments in the movie where he has to choose, am I going to try again to get Rachel McAdams to fall in love with me? Or am I going to go help out this person that needs help and that I could actually go back and help them? You know, So he's a decent guy. And I love toward the end of the movie, you hear the voiceover and he he talks about how, you know, as time went by, I just realized I, I didn't really need to time travel anymore. And so he, he even he understands that it's important to just live life, even with all the bad stuff that comes along with
1: it. When you have the power to make a loop, then you you naturally start to abuse it at first. But then you realize to just live it. Yeah. Beautiful message. Yeah. There's there's cosmic. Forces and cosmic messages about all of these movies. Primer is another movie where it's it's more of time travel than loop. But but they have that loop uh, trope where they try to memorize what's happening during the course of the day. But these are two scientists. It's it's a very uh, indie low budget and densely scientific movie but it's right up my weird nerdy alley and I love primer very very simple story of these two guys that realize that they invented time travel and at first they use it for personal gain and then they realize the effects that that can have on the rest mm. of the universe
0: let's talk about uh, a uh, sub genre that we haven't really mentioned yet that I think is probably if I had to choose your favorite subgenre, it's got to be the time loop Horror movie. Happy Death Day. Yeah. And uh by the way, I just had this on my DVR and my kids could see the image of that baby faced killer, and it was enough to freak them out.
1: Yeah, no college <laughs> in the world has that mascot. But it made for a really good horror imagery. Sure. So, so
0: again, same type of a thing. She's got to improve each day. And she does she actually is trying to solve the mystery of who killed her, but in the, you know, in the process of that she actually becomes a slightly better person.
1: And honestly, I it it's baffling that the framework of a slasher movie hadn't taken this direction earlier because Bill Murray like kills himself over and over again and often like the loop resets when you die. Well, here in this movie, it's a horror, and so the slasher is coming after our final girl every time, and when he finally gets her, that's when it loops back and he gets to go after her again and again. Then there's, of course, the movie Final Girls, which it loops over and over again as they kind of enter into this 80s horror movie shtick, and they have to like go through the runtime of the movie over and over seeing the slasher. If If horror is the best way to do a a subgenre, Christmas is probably the second best. And it's one of the original time loop stories, Christmas Every Day, that has been adapted into a couple just like ABC family made for TV movies, Christmas Every Day, which is about uh, a young boy whose sister convinces him to wish upon a star and that it can be Christmas Every Day, even though he's a kind of Bill Murray cynic that doesn't love the holiday. But he learns the spirit of Christmas. And like I've said before... Getting the spirit of Christmas makes a lot more sense than getting the spirit of Groundhog Day. That's as true. You go through these loops, and then there's the Christmas do-over, which is a girl, a, or uh, which is kind of the romantic comedy uh, side of it.
0: There's also Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which features a segment with Huey, Dewey, and Louie, where there, it's that's the Christmas every day concept right there. I I like that because you've got younger people realizing the spirit of Christmas, and you know. I try to help my kids see that, you know, you probably don't want Christmas to be every day because it would get old real quick.
1: Yeah. If Groundhog Day can get old in that monotony, I guess Christmas can too.
0: But I think at the heart of this time loop concept and the reason we keep going back to this well and the reason people enjoy it so much is because – even though we all feel like we're living in Groundhog Day from time to time, we have the same conversations. We do the same things.
1: In the past year, we wake up and work from yes. home and don't get to do And the days blend together and the weeks feel like days and the days feel like weeks. And... But we
0: all think, say, and do things that we regret, that we wish we could just go back and do it over again. But I think a lot of these characters in these movies realize that That's all part of life. That's all part of being human and making mistakes and that you probably wouldn't appreciate life as much if you didn't have those contrasting uh, situations and those mistakes mixed in with all the good things that you've done, too.
1: Life lessons in goofy time loop movies.
0: Yes. Of course, nothing beats Groundhog Day, which I will be watching this weekend.
1: On Groundhog Day.
0: On Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day.
1: Happy Groundhog Day everyone. Thank you. God God bless us everyone.
0: <laughs> uh when we return, we are actually going to cover time loop TV shows, which is something I'm a little less familiar with, but thankfully Cole knows his time loop TV like I've the back of couple. his hand.
1: Like I I know him like I know the yesterday, which was also a loop because you end up memorizing. It's a It's a time loop thing. Have we had this conversation before? I'm getting Deja Vu.
0: Hmm. That's up next here on Screen Cleaning. And welcome to Screen Cleaning, the show on BYU Radio that is all about shining a big old spotlight on all that is good and entertainment. I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. And we are so excited to have this very special episode of Screen very Cleaning. Very special,
1: very unique, never been done before.
0: Never been done before. It's our special Time Loop episode.
1: Uh, wait, Time, I mean, I love Time Loops. I will tell the world that I love Time Loops, but I feel like we have talked about Time Loops before
0: no idea what you're talking about cole
1: well there's always in the time loop one guy that remembers and one guy that has to convince the other and and to try to explain the concept it's it's like groundhog day have you seen groundhog day that's what we're doing here
0: if if one guy knows about it which in this scenario seems to be you then have we had this conversation before yes how many times
1: every groundhog day since i've known you but also about 20 minutes ago when we talked about time loop movies now we're going to talk about some time loop episodes of television or in one case an entire series on Netflix that based itself around a time loop i have not
0: seen this yet uh, it's it's tv mature so you need to you need to be a little careful when watching it probably don't want to watch it with younger yeah, people yeah
1: russian doll is is a adult take on the time loop but every single episode is a new loop and it's well acted it's professionally done it's netflix if you love the loops you know adult content russian doll it's pretty so
0: good. again two strangers wind up reliving the same night over and over again but maybe the spin here is that they're in new york city and i guess you got two people that are that are living it together so
1: yeah i feel like it was a hundred time loops ago since I watched this because it came out on a Sunday and I just watched all eight episodes. I think it is, and I remember liking it, but I don't remember a lot else about it.
0: <laughs> was there a Russian in it?
1: Well, no. It's, How about a doll? It's like the little Rashomon dolls is the idea, and it's different perspectives. <laughs> just
0: keeps going and going and going yeah, and going. That's, that's okay. A play on. Now, Cole, I know you've seen this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Cause and Effect. Because I've seen effect.
1: every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's a safe bet to make. But, yeah, Cause and Effect aired, by the way, Jeffrey, the year before Groundhog Day came out. People what? give Groundhog Day credit for inventing the time loop, and it certainly popularized the time loop. But time loop stories existed before that. In Star Trek The Next Generation, Cause and Effect... Um, they start each game, each time loop with a poker game. And as a kid, when I was I didn't have Netflix at my disposal, I didn't really understand the concept of seasons or like keeping track of what season what was going on, especially the way television was done back then, where there wasn't a big story arc. You had to really keep track of. You could watch <laughs> you could watch an episode from season three tonight, an episode from season six it on a different be one channel tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Basically, and so I remembered this as the poker game episode because it starts mm. and the poker game construct is very good because they start putting them down and each character is like getting deja vu. They they can almost remember the former loops and so they start predicting the cards that are going to come up and so that becomes kind of the tool and then, you know, each person is just getting a little glimmer of the past loops. Until the Enterprise blows up at the end of each loop and they're reset until they remember how to get out of it.
0: Not going to lie, if I had these abilities, I would probably be tempted to go play some poker, even though I don't really play.
1: The The cool thing about the Star Trek version is that it wasn't one particular person that was kind of stuck and getting into the the antics that Bill Murray does. But in the Stargate SG-1 version, which I called the Fruit Loops episode because each time loop starts <laughs> with Jack eating a bowl of Fruit Loops. It's two characters that go to a different planet. They're the ones caught in this temporal bubble. And they have to explain to everyone at the beginning of each loop what's going on and learn Latin and learn the science and try to figure out how to get out of the loop. And they spend a long time just, like, memorizing and trying to figure out formulas with the other scientists that are involved in the show okay. uh, before they can go okay. back and, you know confront the guy that's kind of started the loop and get out of it
0: i'm guessing if you're a fan of star trek next generation and uh, stargate sg1 you're probably going to be a fan of the
1: x-files there's an episode there too any any show that has ever been on the sci-fi channel right 12 monkeys eureka farscape all did time loop episodes that were fine, but the, the best ones are the ones that we're focusing on. And the X-Files one is the one that ends in a bank blowing up every single day. Whoa. And it goes back to the Star Trek version where Scully and Mulder get little remembrances each time. But they don't they're not totally stuck in the loop. It's actually the bank robber's girlfriend that's the one that remembers fully every time, and she's trying to thwart him from robbing the bank, but things go wrong every single time. The bank blows up every single time. Do we ever find out what's causing out. this time loop? The truth is out there, Jeffrey. Oh. But not totally like
0: explain. Sounds like a cop-out.
1: Yeah, so in the star in in the sci-fi aspect of time loops, the cool thing is that it'll often put it into some, like, universal perspective. At the end of the Star Trek time loop, Version. Oh, We're going back
0: to Star Trek because I, f- I do feel like we've had that conversation For before. a second. Okay.
1: They, they end up crashing into this other ship that was also t- stuck in the temporal distortion. And that ship had been stuck in the time loop for much longer than our crew of the Enterprise had. And then they can, like, reach out to a star base and say, hey, yeah, you were stuck in a time loop for X number of days, right? Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, that was just, like... He he didn't, like, call up Mars and say, hey, what day is it actually? How long was I actually in that loop? It was just him that had the perspective, and everyone mm. else just lived one day. Whereas in whenever you broaden your horizons to the entire universe, the people that are stuck in a loop are stuck for a specific amount of time. The rest of the universe moved on, and they had Interesting. to, Interesting.
0: Like, okay, that makes sense. Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the episode Life Serial.
1: In true Joss Whedon Spelled fashion.
0: S-E-R-I-A-L.
1: Or yeah, because in true Joss Whedon fashion, that is a pun. But in true Joss Whedon fashion, she also references the X-Files version and the Star Trek version whenever her time loop comes up. Huh. The, the idea of the sixth season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is she's going up against the trio, and this is one of the earlier episodes with them, and they're just kind of messing with her. So this is just one of the many kind of antics that they put Buffy through. She is—and and the, the cool thing about time loops is they sometimes comment on the mundanity of life. Yeah. So the loop that Buffy is stuck in is she's working— at a at a convenient at a store right that sells mystical objects and horror objects, and it's just she has to satisfy a customer. the The confines of the time loop is she can't get out until the customer leaves satisfied. And so anyone that has worked retail <laughs> in their life can relate to the dinging of the bell as someone walking in starting the loop each time. Yeah, just as annoying as Sunny and Share certainly. Once once you've worked a retail annoying. job,
0: Come on, Cole.
1: But but that's kind of the confine, right? Her she didn't have to become a better Person and come to some like grand conclusion. She, she just had, had to be to, a
0: better salesperson. Yeah, get yeah. the customer out the door. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Seems like a uh, pretty low stakes though.
1: It certainly. <gasps>
0: That's a pun. Was vampire
1: steak? Yeah. So there's huh? a stake through the heart in the supernatural episode that does a time loop. I cannot tell you, Jeffrey, my joy when I come across a time loop in the wild.
0: But you're going to tell me anyway.
1: I'm going to try to explain it. I'm not sure if words will do justice to the feeling in my heart that I got when I was just watching through Supernatural for the first time. And halfway through season three, we get just the start of any other episode where Sam and Dean go to a new town and there's been some mystery that happened there and they're trying to solve it. Uh, Some disappearance, some crime. And then all of a sudden, Dean dies, which by this point, I mean, Sam and Dean trade off dying and dying for each other. Many times through the 400 seasons of Supernatural. Well, how did they that come back? It's Supernatural, Jeffrey. Okay. If, if you've seen two episodes, you've seen someone die and come back. But the point is, at this point, we know that Dean is going to die, and this time supposedly for good. That's what's coming in the grand like arc of Supernatural. No. It's they're going to be back. Thought. It's what we thought at the time, in season three. Anyway, he wasn't supposed to die like this. Like We knew that there was a timeline on his life, but it wasn't supposed to be this soon, And he dies, and then Sam wakes up, and we realize that we're in a time loop. And as soon as that happened, I just got the biggest smile on my face, because when I went into Palm Springs, or when I went into Groundhog Day for the first time, I knew I was watching a time loop movie. Yes, And I love them, and I watch them because they're time loop movies, but to just be watching a normal show, and all of a sudden, there being a time loop episode, it was... It was uh, music to my ears. It was the best thing that could possibly happen, other than speaking of music, a musical episode, which I also enjoy. You TV know, sometimes
0: a common through line with all of these episodes and TV shows is that eventually they get out of the time loop. But what what if you couldn't get out of this time loop and you were doomed to relive the same moment over and over and over again without hope of escape? And that is basically the premise of an episode of The Twilight Zone called Judgment Night. And this one I have seen. It's in black and white. I know, 1960s
1: was, definitely came out before. It was Groundhog the
0: episode thing. that was in black and white. So.
1: Oh, that one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, a man awakens on a passenger ship in the Atlantic during World War II. He's got no knowledge of how he got there. And more importantly, he has no knowledge or no, he does have a knowledge that a German U-boat will soon sink the ship. How does he have that knowledge, Cole, you might ask?
1: Is it a time loop?
0: He is the commander of that U-boat, and he and his crew have to relive the same moment over and over and over again as punishment. So this one has a little bit more of a depressing ending to it because, uh, yeah, they're not getting out of this one, Cole.
1: There's another sort of time loop episode of The Twilight Zone called Shadow Play. Yeah. Where this man is on death row and he keeps trying to convince people, "No, I've done this before. Yep. I've done I've, I'm going to die and I'm just going to wake up right back here on trial." In this one, it's played more of the angle that it's a recurring nightmare and he can't mm-hmm. wake up from it, but it's the same concept where he cannot escape.
0: I remember that one cuz I think it was the only other Twilight Zone episode that was in black and white.
1: Oh. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah, just as much as with movies, we love our time loop TV. And we've just given you some really good examples of shows that have figured out a unique spin to put on this very tried and true formula, a formula that I predict is going to continue on, Cole, because I think
1: and on and on with newer and on.
0: filmmakers and and artists, they keep finding new things that we hadn't considered before. And with this movie that's going to come out in a couple of weeks, which is called "The Map of Tiny Perfect Things," I think I got that the same as I did the first time. Uh, they do a really good job of sharing that the mundaneness of life. But that will come out on February 12th to Amazon Prime. It's a great movie for Valentine's Day, but also great for anybody that uh, needs to make change in their life. And is just afraid to do so.
1: I love that new movies are coming out again, right? It, it oh yeah! It feels like a long time since we've had a proper review here on Screen Cleaning. This is supposed to be the movie review show on BYU Radio, and we haven't had a lot of movies to review recently.
0: That Valentine's, President's Day weekend is going to be huge. There is going to be the Map of Tiny Perfect Things. There is going to be Land. There is going to be one that I am really looking forward to. Darren Barb go to Vista Del Mar, something like Starring
1: that. Starring Kristen Wig. Yes,
0: okay. yes. So, lots to look forward to, and Cole, I know that we're never going to have this conversation again because I think we've milked this formula for all it's worth here on Screen Cleaning. But when we come back, obviously we're going to do Panning for Good, which is something that we do on each and every episode of Screen Cleaning, and we are excited to do that because it has to do with a young woman who has a bright future ahead of her. That's up next here on Screen Cleaning. Hello and welcome to Screen Cleaning here on BYU Radio, the show that is all about shining a spotlight on all that is good in entertainment. I'm Jeff Simpson.
1: And uh, I'm Cole Wissinger.
0: Are you sure? Because it sounds like you... I
1: swear we've done this before.
0: I have no idea. Yeah, we did it last week on last week's show. No, 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 no. We do this every show. Much
1: more recently than that, Jeffrey. Are you sure that we aren't in some kind of time loop?
0: Cole, this is our very special first ever never been done before time loop episode here on Screen Cleaning.
1: Oh, of course.
0: So I kind of want you to get off my back
1: about it. This kind of reminds me of A Groundhog Day. You ever seen it?
0: I have seen that movie many, many times. Or maybe I've only seen it once. Ooh. Hmm. Interesting. So wait, you're telling me we've already talked about Time Loop movies?
1: And Time Loop TV, so now we just have a couple of honorable mentions to get through.
0: All right. I mean, I have no problem doing a 15-minute episode, Cole, if that's the way you want to go.
1: In and out today. All right. There's a cool, I mean, it's not a full-time loop movie, but at the very end of Doctor Strange, because I'm not sure I can get through a full episode of Screen Cleaning without referencing the MCU in some way, (laughs) Doctor Strange, instead of a big, like, sky beam battle against a 100 faceless mooks, Doctor Strange is just against one force, Dormammu, and he comes up and he says, Dormammu, "Dormammu, I've come to bargain, and then... Mm. He, he sets himself in, because Doctor Strange is a master of the mystical arts, he sets himself in a repeating time loop, and he traps Dormammu in it as well, and it kind of broaches that subject of trapping someone in a time loop to keep them at bay, right? In in a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, the Dream Warrior or er, uh, Dream Master.
0: Now wait a minute. Let's not move on from Doctor <laughs> Strange just yet, because I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I only saw it the one time. I thought, okay, they're just doing a lot of the same stuff that Inception was doing. Um, so visually, not storytelling. Doesn't he? Doesn't he loop the bad guy into the time loop in an effort to distract him? So he's like doing something else while they're in the time loop.
1: Uh, his Something assistant like is trying to like fix things, but yeah. Doctor Strange is sacrificing himself. He's basically committing to the time loop as much as Dormammu will— to keep Dormammu he, from destroying he the whole
0: dies thing. like 50 times, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, like Dormammu keeps killing Doctor Strange, mm. but each time he dies, the okay. loop resets.
0: Back to Freddy Krueger and Dream Warrior.
1: Yeah, so uh, there's a point where Freddy's trying to just do what Freddy does and slash through teenagers, and he he's able to, in one of the character's dreams, trap her in a time loop where she keeps coming around the same corner and going to chase down Freddy, and as soon as she comes through the door... She's back at the beginning again and she has to drive with her boyfriend. That's and,
0: too much power for Freddy to have.
1: I it's, mean, it's in the world of the dreams. He's already he powerful
0: enough. Giving him the uh, the time loop, that's just greedy
1: Freddy. It, it even kind of reminds me of like Percy Jackson the books are much better than the movies, but in the movie, too, they eventually go to Las Vegas and they kind of get distracted. They're in the, the Lotus Casino or something like that for an extended period of time because they're trying to be distracted in a, in a place where they will lose track of all semblance of time while the, the ticking clock that they're racing against for the whole movie keeps ticking down.
0: I remember the time loop element for the film Galaxy Quest, although In that movie, I'm pretty sure it's just like we get one chance to go back and do this again. And there's some device that allows them to do that. But that one time was enough to get it right the second time. And what a great movie that is. Galaxy Quest. I love it.
1: 1999.
0: Um, There's another time loop movie out there called Next with Nicolas Cage and uh, Peter Falk, one of his last movies. I don't really remember it all that well. Once was enough for me. That wasn't one that I feel like I needed to be stuck in a time loop and watch that movie over and over and over again. In fact, after I saw that movie, I my reaction could be summed up in one word.
1: Next! I watch every time loop movie that comes by my way, including the ones that have 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's a Netflix movie starring Marlon Wayans called Naked because he starts every time loop in an elevator naked on the day that there's a wedding. I think it's it's either his wedding or like his girlfriend's wedding and he has to go break it up. I only saw it the one time, but it was funny. It was a Marlon <laughs> Wayne's movie. It's actually a remake of a Swedish film called Naken, which is probably Swedish for naked. We can hmm. assume. You you just watched a movie that I think has time loop elements that people would not say is strictly speaking a time loop movie, so we couldn't talk about it right next to Groundhog Day. But Fifty First States, isn't Drew Barrymore really going through somewhat of a time loop herself? She forgets the events of the day at the end of the day and starts everything over. It's it's almost like everyone else. That's more of a psychological mental
0: time loop. Yeah. Yeah. So Interesting. Well, I like never it, thought of it that Denzel's
1: way. Denzel's deja vu. He loops back once uh, because at, at first he's being shown this like surveillance equipment and then he realizes that it's actually time travel equipment. And so Whoa. he goes back and loops himself before the the big bridge blew up or whatever thing that he's trying to solve because he's, he's Denzel and he's here to save the day.
0: Interesting. Wow.
1: See, yeah, I guess
0: fifty-first dates is kind of like the inverse of the of a Groundhog Day because in this version you've got everybody that's in the know except one person, right? Yep. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Interesting.
1: The Phineas and Ferb like finale was a time loop. They had uh, Doctor Doofenshmirtz <laughs> and Candace were in a loop over and over again doing the same day, and they reference they reference Groundhogs in that uh, Groundhog's Day.
0: Well, Cole, this is something we do on each and every show of Screen Cleaning, which is we uh, we share the good news and entertainment over the past week. And there's been a lot of good news. However, I've got to say I'm a little torn about this first piece of news because I love movie theaters. I love to support movie theaters.
1: You love movie theater popcorn.
0: That is really the main takeaway mm-hmm. from what I just said. Absolutely. Um, however... There's been a deal that's been made uh, that Warner Brothers has made that people, mainly studio execs and movie makers, are not
1: thrilled Christopher Nolan is never going to make a Warner Brothers movie again in his life.
0: Not happy that for the year 2021, every Warner Brothers movie that is slated and that hasn't been reshuffled – I just found out that the movie Elvis, uh, directed by Baz Luhrmann, is being reshuffled to 2022 – is going to premiere simultaneously on HBO and HBO Max and in movie theaters.
1: And the the next one we really have to look forward to in the the trailer that we got this week, the extended, the full, the the real trailer that I would have loved to see on a bigger screen than my phone is Godzilla versus Kong.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. And so these are movies that we can watch on HBO Max in 2021. And HBO Max is going to make it a little more tempting for you to uh, watch it at home versus watching it on the big screen. So they're going to give us a 22% discount if we sign up before March. And for those first six months, instead of paying $15 a month, we'll only have to pay $12 a month. So if you... Take a look at the schedule in 2021 and if you want to see these movies at home instead of on the big screen, you'll know exactly when to sign up because if you sign up now between Mar- between now and March 1st, you'll get to see Tom and Jerry, Godzilla, you'll get to see The Justice League movie and um Suicide Squad.
1: If movie tickets in your area are 12.99 a pop or if you have multiple people you want to invite it's a over, no-brainer and there's at least a movie a month that you want to see from hbo go ahead other streaming news before march paramount plus is trying to rebrand their division it's it used to be cbs all access and now they're trying to bring the family together and do their own thing streaming service with a plus after it because that's what's cool now uh if you sign up for that, before its release in March, then you get 50% off for your first year. Really? Go ahead and and ask me what the normal monthly price is. What's the normal monthly? I have no idea because it won't say on their website.
0: Now, is this – so it's going to include all of the CBS All Access stuff, but is Is it also going to take all of the Paramount movies that are currently streaming for free on Amazon Prime and yank them over to their streamer?
1: Who knows? Because Warner Brothers movies that are out there have come and gone from HBO Max. So just Mm. because – The movie is produced or the TV show was produced by a specific company, they still let it out to TV stations to play, to Amazon Prime to play. It's impossible to keep track. You can never rely on streaming, and you can rely on a bill every single month for the rest of your life.
0: Well, I got just the opposite of a bill, Cole, because I guess I'm coming up for a uh, renewal of my Apple TV Plus subscription, but instead of a bill... I got an email from Apple TV Plus saying, Surprise! You get us you've already had us for free for a year. Here's another six months on us.
1: Please watch our stuff. We're begging you.
0: <laughs> and I think I finally will. I think that was a that was a good enough move. I think I'll finally check out with this Apple TV. Have Plus you watched is all Greyhound? About. I have
1: not. It's so it was one of my top five, my personal top five movies of last year available on Apple TV Plus. This is the time of the year when a lot of Folks, critics and whatnot will put out their official lists. The AFI does one, too. The the AFI's Mm. official top 10 of 2020, despite some of these still not having a wide release yet. So I haven't had an opportunity to see something like Nomadland or Minari, but... They make the list as well as The Five Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, both on Netflix and Mank on Netflix, and Trial of the Chicago Seven on Netflix. One Night in Miami is on Amazon Prime. Sound of Metal, Amazon Prime. Judas and the Black Messiah, I think, is not out yet. No, but it it's might not. It's going to be HBO if I if I have my feelings right. And then Soul on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Disney Plus. We, we thought that with the release of Mulan and this Disney Plus premiere, we thought we would be seeing more titles that they would charge us $30 to invite all of our friends to come over and share in that price with us.
1: And then we got to see Soul on Christmas as a, as a little Christmas gift to all of us. Yeah. Just as part of the subscription. We didn't have an extra thing. So then we thought, oh, we'll never see the likes of Disney Plus Premium again. Well... Now we're on back.
0: We've got this new movie coming out called Raya and the Last Dragon. And this is about a young girl who travels to the titular Last Dragon in order to protect humanity from extinction. And it's got a great cast, too. It's got Kelly Marie Tran from The Last Jedi, it's got Aquafina. We all know what Aquafina has been in, right? Jumanji, welcome to the next level. Not welcome to the next level. Jumanji, the next level. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if people are going to turn out for that one as they kind of did for Mulan.
1: One that you don't have to pay anything extra for and is coming to Disney Plus near you for anyone that lived through the 90s, you'll be happy to know there's another Mighty Ducks.
0: Yes! And it's got Emilio Estevez as Gordon Bombay.
1: And probably a lot of other cameos.
0: But we didn't see any of those cameos uh, uh, from the trailer, but we did see Gordon Bombay, and I love this introduction. Anytime, you know, they're they're trying to reintroduce somebody who's reprising their role, they've got to introduce them in the, the most dramatic way possible. And so, of course, he's kind of like the guy the maintenance guy at this ice hockey rink and the way they introduce him is you see one of those what are those machines called the zamboni zamboni that's the one and there just happens to be like this ice fog that is or some steam that is emanating from this zamboni covering his face while he's you know doing some maintenance work on it and then he like kind of emerges from this little bit of fog. The mist. Yeah, the steam, the mist, whatever you want to call it. And uh, what a great way to reintroduce that character. And I'm so glad that they're bringing him back because I was so disappointed by how his character went out in Mighty Ducks 3 because, you know, you see, you remember the posters, you remember the, the, the VHS that you had where it says Emilio Estevez in D3. D3, the Mighty Ducks. Right? And yet he was in it for like 5 minutes and it was just really depressing to see him not in a bigger role in that movie i remember being super disappointed with that movie as a kid
1: especially for someone that thinks the second one is the best one
0: it there is no question that yeah. the second one is the best and you know i have a little bit of bias because the climactic scene was filmed in anaheim at the at the time it was the arrowhead pond of anaheim and now it's just the honda center but uh, yeah that was a huge deal to me.
1: And the Mighty Ducks are just the Anaheim Ducks now in the NHL, too, because they kind
0: of abandoned that for sure. But Cole, Mighty Ducks 2 was so influential on me as a kid. I went to my nearest big five and I bought a hockey stick. I don't even know where I had them. I must have I must have been for my job at In-N-Out Burger. I don't know. <laughs> but I bought a hockey stick and I bought a hockey puck and I thought this is it. I'm going to be able to tilt that hockey puck up onto its side, slap shot it, and turn it into the knuckle puck. It doesn't work. Not even close. Try this
1: inside the Jeffrey Simpson household? No, no, no. I went
0: outside on my street and uh, it does not work. Not even close. So maybe maybe Keenan Thompson has some moves that I'm unfamiliar with. But I remember seeing him on a sports show where they had him recreate the knuckle puck. He could actually do it. And it didn't look quite the same uh, as it did in the movie well, where, yeah, it, you yeah. know, you get the sound effects and the, <laughs> the spinning uh, hockey puck
1: doesn't really work. We can just take exactly what you did and dub it over. The knuckle puck, and there it'll you know. add the effect. It'll, will do it.
0: Very good. You know, Cole, whether or not we're in a time loop, I can say with a hundred percent certainty that we always end our show with doing a little panning for good. There's good in them there hills. Whether or not you got to see the inauguration of Joe Biden when it was actually happening, um, you've at least probably heard about Amanda Gorman, who is the youngest poet laureate to have performed at a presidential inauguration. And if you haven't watched her performance yet, you really need to go check it out because she gave this really powerful Poem That really, I think, for a lot of people was kind of the highlight of the inauguration. And what makes it even more remarkable is that apparently she has worked really hard to overcome this speech impediment, the stutter that she has. And she's had a difficult time pronouncing her R's. And I was tickled when I found this article that talked about how she was able to overcome some of that by listening to and singing along with and reciting uh, songs and uh, recitations from Hamilton – was so excited when works I read that. Works better
1: than putting headphones on or whatever the heck they do in The King's Speech, where he's screaming over sure. top of something. Else. I mean, it works
0: well for poetry because poetry is very rhythmic. It is very musical, so that totally makes sense to me. But the reason we're mentioning Amanda Gorman in the Panning for Good segment today is because she impressed so much. She did such a good job that she has been invited. To uh, take part in the next Super Bowl pregame show. And I'm curious to see what they're going to have her do for that. When is the Super Bowl, Next
1: week, maybe Valentine's Day weekend for some or a weekend with three new movie releases for others. Or
0: President's Day weekend. uh,
1: It's the Super Bowl (laughs) weekend for me. Okay. Even though this year's Super Bowl will be a little bit different, there will be less fans in the stand. They did do a really cool thing with where they invited a bunch of essential workers that have been vaccinated, and oh. those will be those that that like get to go to the Super so Bowl. So, like this the hot year. dog vendors, the the uh, <laughs> the nurses and doctors that have been saving lives. Oh yeah, lives I guess yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Of course, those that will be the audience for the Super Bowl, and Amanda Gorman will be performing as part of the pregame show, which is amazing. There will be less. Movie trailers, I think, in the commercial breaks, which what? is kind of sad for me because because there will be more people
0: watching, but I guess they just don't know when these movies are yeah, coming out.
1: Less, I took a look at all the trailers that were released last year during the Super Bowl, and only like two of the movies even came out yet. We're still waiting on yeah. Fast Nine and Black Widow. Black Widow
0: yeah. for sure, yeah, and A Quiet Place too. But it's
1: the Super Bowl, you know where I'll be next Sunday. Just parked in front of my couch. Watching football.
0: chilling, Chilling with Amanda Gorman and the Atlanta Falcons. Name, quick, name
1: a football team, Jeff.
0: Atlanta Falcons? <laughs> nope. The Denver I mean, Broncos. Those
1: are football. T- that was the Super Bowl in 1999. Chicago Bears. Good job. John Elway beat uh, Jamal Anderson. Green the Bay Packers. That's a team, yes.
0: That's in the Super Bowl? No, not oh, at all. Uh, 49ers. Nope. Um,
1: the... Brownskins? I feel like I'm is in a time still loop a right now. football team, the Washington football team, Redskins is now called the Washington football team. The Browns are a different football team named after Paul Brown in Cleveland, Ohio. So
0: there's no Brownskins.
1: Absolutely not. That would be incredibly offensive. The Chiefs offensive. and the Buccaneers are playing in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be good television.
0: Okay. Buccaneers of course from uh Pittsburgh.
1: That would be their baseball team. Pittsburgh Steelers. Team, kind of.
0: Steelers would be the Steelers Pittsburgh is the
1: football team. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Cole, if you are in a time loop, I guess you have this uh misinformation from Jeff Simpson to look forward to over And over and over again.
1: That's how I would spend my time, Loop, is just listening to this exact episode of Screen Cleaning. You have a whole day. Spend an hour. Listen to our podcast.
0: Or if you don't want to listen to this episode, we've got over a hundred others that you can take a listen to. They're
1: all different, we promise.
0: Yes, and you can find them on our podcast. You just Google Screen Cleaning Podcast. There you'll find well over 100 episodes of all of the best of entertainment that we try to highlight here on Screen Cleaning. Or
1: go to byuradio.org and enjoy our new website format, uh, now with pictures and other cool new things.
0: You're going to love it. Until next week, I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm
1: Cole Wissinger.
0: We'll see you.